What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Happy season three, ladies. Season three, and we're back. And we're back. And we're back. I hope that y'all enjoyed y'all summer. Leah, did you enjoy your summer, girl? I did, despite the COVID summer strangeness. Yes, yes. There was a lot of there was a lot of goodness in it. Yeah, sure. we've we've done a lot of uh, beach days. Have you mm-hmm. done beach days? We haven't done a lot of beach days. You know. In the field of momming, we did a lot of Lego days. We did a lot of Lego days. My kids are really into Legos. Yeah. And we did a lot of playground time. Okay. A lot of playground, a lot of beaching, a lot of Legos. Listen, ladies, we're praying that you are holding fast in this pandemic. And right before we went on pandemic break, we... Pandemic break, though. (laughs) Pandemic break. It wasn't even summer break. It was pandemic break. It was pandemic break. That's what I'm calling it. Right before we went on pandemic break... And um, before we started the Psalms of Ascent, we were focused on Sheroes of the Faith, and we wanted to ensure that we jumped right back into that and finished that strong for the month of September. And so we are so excited about this because, as you guys know, we have gone through a lot during this pandemic yes. so far, you yeah. know, and so we want. Um, to equip women, but also mm-hmm. to encourage them. And so we're going back into She Rose of the Faith. And the goal for um, She Rose of the Faith is that we provide biblical, historical, and present day She Rose. Proverbs 2 and 3 talks about this and gives biblical precedence and um, precedent and a value for wisdom that we can glean from those who have gone before us, those who have faithfully stewarded um, God's call on their lives. And so that's what we're here to do. We're going to shine a light on these women whose stories have not been shared. And then we're going to go into some mirrors and windows a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leah, talk to us about the concept of mirrors and windows. Yeah. So so what we see in mirrors and windows is um, in a mirror, you're seeing a part of the individual that reflects something that you identify with in yourself. So I think that this is incredibly important in studying sort of these sheroes of the faith that we're seeing women who lived faithfully throughout history. So we can we can read ourselves into that story. We see ourselves reflected in that. And then the windows are um, a view to a time and a space that we are disconnected from. Maybe we don't understand the legacy of slavery as much because of the distance, or maybe we don't understand, um, yeah, the ins and outs of the context. And so it getting a window into it to help us see, understand, and see how God was at work there and what we can learn from and draw from. So 
yeah, I'm excited to jump back in. I know and I've heard from women that when we sort of took a break and went into the Psalms, that was super encouraging and really valuable for that season. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage you, you know, we're not out of this pandemic. Come on. We're not out of the woods. Come on. Go back and listen if if you you haven't missed it or if you just need that re up in just like that little beta shot of faith, like go, go back. Yes. Listen again. Yes. Um, and then if you didn't listen to the first Shiro of the Faith when we did Deborah, go back and listen to that. Today, we're jumping in with the Shiro, Harriet Tubman. Listen, and if y'all haven't seen her film, um, Harriet, it's a phenomenal just biopic of her very life. And so we would recommend that to you along with reading the historical, um, she has a, there's someone who wrote an autobiography um, about her as well. We can link that um, in the show notes for sure. But here's what we want to say. Everybody that we're profiling has gone on to be with the Lord. And so um, as we look at these women, let's let's look at their impact and how it reverberates um, throughout generations as well as for us. And so today, we're going to focus on Harriet Tubman and how she displayed and lived a life of steadfastness based on what she knew and believed about God. And that is what we're going to glean today, ladies, that Mm -hmm. um, we stand on the shoulders of a woman who was steadfast in her life. And she was steadfast because of what she believed and what she knew about God. So Leah, what are some of the characteristics of Harriet Tubman as we've looked at her life so far? Yeah, as we've looked at her life, we have seen that she was a faithful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she so prioritized faithful. her faith in God and mm-hmm. leaned on it heavily for her very existence. Mm-hmm. She was a prayer warrior. Come I on mean, now. the woman would literally like just collapse in prayer. She sure would. And prayed as she went in um, these journeys to mm-hmm. freedom. Mm-hmm. She was physically strong. Girl, stop right now. She was what? Yes, she was physically strong. Mm. And I think I, I really wanted to draw this out because a lot of times like biblical womanhood is painted like outside of this concept of being physically strong. Mm-hmm. This you know? genteelness. Right, this right. Your, your gentle of heart and spirit and your Which faithful in your home. And all of those things are, are true. true. They're true. And biblical womanhood and good. is and good. <laughs> true and good. And also biblical womanhood can be expressed in this physical strength Mm -hmm. because if god calls you to a physically strenuous task Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. delivering souls to freedom Mm -hmm. time and time and time again he is going to equip you as a woman as a faithful woman with physical strength to complete that task and so that's one thing that i think is not um communicated. Yeah, it's not often highlighted in womanhood Mm -hmm. that God can equip us to be physically strong for what he calls us to. Well, and what I would say is not communicated in many of the larger Mm -hmm. evangelical spaces. I think many women of color who are listening to this podcast right now, when we say physically strong, they like talk about it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. They like talk about it, talk about it, girl, because right. um, I think that's just a part of our narrative. Well, and let's right? be honest, because oftentimes as black women, like being physically strong is what um, masculates us. It right. takes it. It's drawing away. Culture tries to draw away our femininity because mm-hmm. of that. Right. And so particularly during Harriet's time, that was something that was used as a form of racism right. towards black women. Right. And so it's really important to see how God used this uh, characteristic for Harriet and just um, 
just it was just rooted in redemption and his purpose mm-hmm. of delivering people to freedom. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So, so she was physically strong. So she was physically strong. She was also very She was very compassionate. Yeah. She was a joyful woman. Mm-hmm. She um was a practical theologian. Come, okay? T- talk to us about a practical Practical theolo- theology. To come on now, tell us what you're talking about. Practical theology in Harriet's life mm-hmm. was she was living out what she believed to be true about God. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. wasn't this abstract thing. Mm-hmm. She what she believed to be true about God impacted what she did with her very physical life. Come on now. And let's let's just highlight this, though. Yes. Because Harriet could actually not read. She could not read. She was illiterate, but she literally... So how did she know so much about God? Tell us this. Well, it was actually just passed down. There yeah. was a lot of uh, scripture memory, a lot of internalizing of God's word, the discipleship from her parents for sure was passed on to her, um, as well as a lot of um, the Negro spirituals and hymns yes. that were passed down were rooted and have mm-hmm. just just nuggets and, and wealth of riches in scripture. And so what she yeah. knew from uh, just memory is what how she yeah. practiced yeah. Um, her theology yes. and those and, songs of tradition, yeah. those songs um, mm-hmm. that were sung mm-hmm. both in in churches and mm-hmm. in in the fields and in the houses and mm-hmm. in the yards. Come on, were rich packages. Mm-hmm. They were sermonettes. Come on now. Little tiny sermons passed on from one to another. Come on. For those that couldn't read, that were refused the right to learn how to read. Facts. Um, And so, yeah, she grew. Her faith grew from that. And her knowledge of God grew from that. Her knowledge of the character of God. Right. And that is what rooted her uh, in her calling and in her knowledge of what it meant for her to follow God and bring people to freedom. Yeah. So so those are a couple of characteristics that we're really focusing on and pulling out um, in the podcast today. And then we're just going to just drop some just stone cold history because yeah. this is how we just tell it, us. It's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary. Tell us who is Harriet Tubman. Where, so Harriet Tubman. Yes, girl. Harriet Tubman is actually born and her, uh, her actual name is Araminta Ross. She um, was enslaved from birth. Come on, Rosses. <laughs> Cause your name Ross girl. Look at you. You so blessed. You feel you you feeling extra hot tonight. Yeah, extra hot today. I'm feeling connected. <laughs> she was enslaved from birth on a Maryland plantation and her nickname or what they called her actually was Minty. Um, she was discipled through Bible stories, gospel songs, and spirituals by her mother and father. And in 1844, at the age of 24, she married a freedman named John Tubman. She faced odds against her from the system of slavery and from her very husband, who actually threatened to turn her in if she tried to escape. Okay, Um, and we're going to flush that out a little bit, too. Um, We were talking. We were Leah and I were just like, man, like that's. That's a real situation right there. Um, she longed for freedom and continued to hear about the Underground Railroad, a passageway that took enslaved people uh, to freedom up north. And at 13 years old, God used her to save the life and freedom of a runaway slave. She received a blow to the head that affected her for the rest of her life. Shortly after that incident, she discovered the power of prayer as she prayed and prayed for her enslavers' hearts to be changed or die and actually hit her. <laughs> he died. I mean, he died. The enslaver actually literally died. Now you can take that as to what you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. But listen, mm-hmm. prayer is real. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
And then in 1849, she escaped to freedom in Philadelphia. And though grateful for her own freedom, she was burdened by the reality of those she knew who could be free, but were not. And so she knew her freedom was not just for herself, but for the freeing of others too, y'all. We're going to really dig in and unpack that very idea that freedom is not just for yourself. Mm -hmm. Freedom is you've been set free um, so that others uh, can, can pursue freedom as well. Ladies, have you been wondering how should I process what is happening in the world around me? Well, welcome. Girl, you're not alone. In this polarizing time, we can choose to either consume voice after voice, ignore what is happening in our world, or consume the word of God, his wisdom, and his counsel for where we find ourselves today. We would love for you to join us in our upcoming series, Ways of the Kingdom, a study and conversation through the book of Luke. Grab your Bible, your journal, and download the guide as we journey through the book of Luke together. And listen, sharing is caring, so bring a friend on the journey too. Follow us on social media, IG, as well as Facebook at The Urban Christian Woman, and reply with hashtag all in T-U-C-W, hashtag Luke. For more information and for more details on the Ways of the Kingdom and the Book of Luke series, you can find it at our website, www.TheUrbanChristianWoman.com. So she went back, uh, Harriet actually went back and led over 300 plus image bearers who were slaves to liberation. She became a nurse and a spy for the Union Army, though never received pay for her service after the war. Did y'all hear that? Let me just slow down a little bit. Track that back. The sister actually was a nurse and a spy for the Union Army. Okay, this is documented. And she never received one dime for her service. Do y'all hear me? For her work Mm -hmm. and not just setting captives free, but then fighting for the country Mm -hmm. that actually uh, was- Organizing soldiers. Come on, come on. She was a stone cold leader, Mm -hmm. okay? She was just a stone cold leader. Um, And then um, after the war, she opened a home for the sick, poor and homeless in Auburn, New York. Y'all, that her whole life is just rich with like yeah. New Testament theology um, of, of what Jesus has done. And after um, that, she lived to be 93 years old and then 93. went home. Three. Yeah, 93 years old, girl, and then went home to be with the Lord. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Leah, talk to us about how her story actually points to God's glory. Yeah, she, as we said before, she um, was a strong woman. God created Harriet strong in mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. you know? And so we were just saying, like, she didn't, there wasn't necessarily this um, draw for her towards the stereotypical female tasks that were actually assigned to her. So as um, an enslaved person, she was put in the household to do, you know, the household tasks and right. 
stereotypically female jobs right. and she didn't thrive there. Right. Many children, I mean, many children were right. actually placed in yeah. the home. Young to girls do- were placed in the home to right. care for babies or mm-hmm. to dust or to cook or whatever. Yep. And um, she actually did not thrive there. And so eventually she was placed in the field for physical labor mm-hmm. um, and she actually preferred it. Um, during her time enslaved. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, prefer is a strong word because she preferred to be free. <laughs> but as far as enslaved tasks go, um, she thrived more in the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that God even just, um, like, from the very beginning, you see that he um, knit her together to mm-hmm. be that physically strong woman. Mm-hmm. He knew that she needed to be not only spiritually strong, but physically strong for the very calling that he had for her life. Yeah. Because she traveled many treacherous miles time and time again by foot to bring other enslaved people to freedom. Yeah, and Giselle and, I, yeah, mm-hmm. Giselle and I talk a lot about her, my daughter Giselle. Um, she and I talk about her um, in the context of her being a hardy woman. Yeah. She was very hardy. Like, and what she was passionate about, she put into physical, um, her physical personhood. Yeah. And so even as you're talking about like her, yes, she did prefer to be free, but it was the space of like, listen, I'm like, ready to dig in and mm-hmm. do the work and do the hearty work um, mm-hmm. of what it means to be, whether it's a laborer or mm-hmm. whether it be free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And in her journey to freedom, her prayer was always, Lord, I'm going to hold steady onto you and you've got to see me through. Mm. Mm. Lord, I'm going to hold steady onto you and you've got to see me wow. through. See wow. her 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 roots of faith went deep into yeah. the fact that i mean the when you when you know her story when you read or watch the biopic like you hear and see this way that god just delivered her time mm-hmm. and time again mm-hmm. facing circumstances that were uh like hopeless like literally like yeah. I'm, I'm watching the movie and i already know her story and i'm like oh she's about to get caught <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord sees her through time and time again. Mm-hmm. He saw her through. Mm-hmm. She had this deeply rooted practical theology. She would go into spaces um, on these journeys of like to the right or to the left. I right. don't know. Right. And praying or God just delivering a vision to her that would lead her in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so that was a very deeply rooted practical theology. She knew not only the character of God, but also the capability of God to practically intervene in yes. her life or death circumstances. Yes, yes. that's a yeah. fact. That's yeah. a fact. And the fact that the Lord, like we see the glory of God in that he preserved her in her weaknesses. Yeah. You know, as we mentioned in just her her story, her biography, she was hit in the head with a two pound weight yep. when she was 13 years old. Yep. And um, a lot of people believe that she really incurred some brain damage there mm-hmm. that caused her to pass out Have or fall asleep yep. at random times. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, when I read about that, I'm like, how dangerous would that be to literally be escaping for your life? Yep. And this to entrust, life or death journey, yeah, and, and never know when you're just gonna fall out, yeah, and to entrust and to entrust her others to entrust yeah. themselves to a woman that they knew was weak like that was weak on well, that perceived level. to be weak, perceived to be weak because on that level. actually in many like, I mean the the reality is is that that was a way that was a weakness that the mm-hmm. Lord used 
to get her attention. She had a very in tuned yes. um, relationship Girl. and connection to hearing the voice of God. Mm. The Holy Spirit is at telling me to speak right now about this because we, uh, we as a culture and as a society, we look down upon those who have disabilities. Come on, speak about ableism right okay. now. Okay, speak. Who literally have disabilities, yeah. and we? I don't want to say that some of us are neglecting them actually in the body of Christ, but many of us are even discrediting them in their capability to understand the richness mm-hmm. and the beauty and the glory of God, even regardless of what their disability actually is. And so I would, I would, I would say. She is a living example of someone who by law will be receiving the context of disabilities. Mm -hmm. But, and yet, God, and yet, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say but, and yet, God is faithful to use her to lead people to freedom. And in fact, it was that perceived weakness that opened up her capacity to hear from the Lord Come in a on. unique way. Come on. And I think to Come on. lean on him Come on. because she was aware that she could not lean on her own self-sufficiency. Girl, come on and talk about some sufficiency, girl. Because oh my goodness. In the in the space of like knowing, being mm-hmm. well aware of your weakness, mm-hmm. for her it was okay. I got to hear from you, Lord. I got to hear from you, Lord. I got to hear from you, Lord. And that I know that like, as I'm hearing from you, these are your people. This is your desire for your people to be free. So she actually was not uh, seeking in her role to Mm -hmm. glorify herself. She was actually living the life of a servant, a gospel servant. There was no way she was glorifying herself because she was going back into her enslaver's territory. Every single time. Every single time. Every single time. Every single time. Tell and, me a person who's invested in their self-interest who would do that. Yeah, yeah. And so the Lord, the Lord totally preserves her, um, not just in her in her personhood as a woman. He preserves her in her weaknesses yeah. through her um, through through her being um, having a head wound, mm-hmm. um, and and so that's an exhortation to us, ladies. I you know that wasn't even in the notes, but it's an exhortation to us that we need to be fully aware that. These that those of us who are in the family of God and our brothers and sisters who have disabilities, they are made in God's image yes. and they have value, mm-hmm. they have dignity, and they are necessary to the body of mm-hmm. Christ. Necessary mm-hmm. to the body mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah. And brothers and sisters with disability are no um, less able Come to on. hear from the Lord, to Come walk on. with Him, to obey Him, Come to on. pray and to receive Come on. from the Holy Spirit the capacity to obey yes. and to be leaders. Yes, yes. There's a brother I'm thinking about right now who Leah and I used to go to the same church and there's a brother who would come up to us um, on Sunday who who is who is disabled mm-hmm. um, but he um, actually would come up and he said, can I just pray for you? He was known for praying for mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and his his life just spoke resoundedness of what I do know is that I can pray for you and God is able. And so we see that um, the Lord is preserving her in her weakness, Mm -hmm. that um, she embraced um, his will um, and that God called her to be a conductor on the Underground Railroad. And even as he allowed this head injury thing to continue to be a thing. Come on. He never healed her of that. He he led her to To this role as conductor. Come on. He led her through delivering many people and 
continue with this this uh, disability. And he did it for what reason? So that what? So his glory could be known. Come on, girl. So his glory could be known. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> I saw it. You saw it. We could all see it. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. What can we learn and treasure up in regards to the wisdom um, of Harriet Tubman uh, for our lives as women? What can we treasure up? What can we learn and and root in our hearts um, as women? Well, we talked about how consuming the truth is essential to resisting and challenging these lesser narratives. Ooh, girl. Now, I know we got to talk about lesser narratives. What are some of these lesser narratives? Lesser narratives. narratives. When we're saying lesser narratives, mm. there's anything that is that is less than the narrative of that God created for us and for the world. And so, what are some of these lesser narratives? We got historical narratives, mm-hmm. socio-political narratives, mm-hmm. cultural narratives, mm-hmm. evangelical narratives, mm-hmm. generational narratives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these things that point us to something other than who God is and mm-hmm. what he created us to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then, so the question is, are we consuming these lesser narratives more than God's narrative? Mm. What are we consuming? What truth are we consuming? Because when we're consuming God's truth, yeah. he is equipping us to resist and challenge those lesser narratives when they come, when they basically come in opposition mm-hmm. of God and his kingdom and his purposes for our lives and for this world. Yeah, yeah. And Romans 12 too, uh, it speaks clearly to this that says, do not be confused to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And actually in the NIV, I love how it's written in there. It says, do not be conformed to the mm-hmm. patterns of this world. If y'all were raised world. in church, you heard, you probably know that. The patterns. Don't the be patterns. conformed to the pattern of this world. Yeah. The pattern is that we as people, as Jim Wilkins said, as mm-hmm. Leah loves Jim Wilkins, as, as Jim Wilkins says, uh, uh, the pattern is is what, Leah, we, as people? So, yes, she, she has this quote that says, we were created to reflect him, and instead we choose to rival him. Mm. So I'm, I just got to track that back. We were we were created to reflect him, mm-hmm. and instead we choose to rival him. This is the pattern of the world. Mm-hmm. This is the the uh, pattern that puts itself in opposition to again God's narrative, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the greater narrative. Mm-hmm. And instead, what we choose to embrace is uh, the characteristics that want that cause us to want to rival him. Yeah, and these lesser narratives fall into those patterns when we are seeking to re- repeat historical and socio-political and cultural and mm-hmm. generational and evangelical um, that are not biblical right. evangelical terms. And we see terms, this in right? Harriet's life because mm-hmm. 
even in her exposure to um, the gospel and God's word, she was also getting the exposure of those preachers that would come from plantation to plantation, yes, yes. talking about slaves obey your master, mm-hmm, extracting mm-hmm. from Galatians inappropriately yeah, in order yeah. to uh, exert like this authority of yeah. the slaves and so um, of the slave owners. And so what um, she knew about God mm-hmm. was the truth that drove her above and beyond this false narrative that Come was on. propagated on plantations. So so ladies, consuming the truth is essential mm-hmm. to resisting and challenging the narratives. If we're not if we're not in God's word, um, if we're not gleaning, if we're not consuming God's word, then those 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 lesser narratives will be far more challenging and and it will be way more difficult to resist. We actually will begin to consume those more than we consume the truth of the gospel if we are not aware of those things. And I feel really to, I feel led to just even double down on that, that we need to know God's truth up close and personal for ourselves. Come on now. Because this is what I'm saying, right? There were, there were churches and pastors and preachers at the time that would say Bible verses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, they took out whole, whole passages of scripture. They only use what was profitable. And I, and that's why God's word says to study to show mm-hmm. yourself approved, a mm-hmm. workman that need of yeah. not to be ashamed, yeah. I mean, rightly dividing the word of truth. And yes. I think that that is essential. It, it, and and listen, I get it. I was a woman at one time who did not have a love and a desire to be in God's word. Yeah. But the more that we know him through his word, through, mm-hmm. through prayer, through and those prayer. essentials, yes. the more that we love him. And we can even ask him for that in our prayer time. I was mm-hmm. just praying this last night before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me a desire for what you desire. Give yeah. me a desire for the things that 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 cultivate a love and a hunger for you yeah. Yeah. because that's where I will be filled and that's where I will know how to to engage uh, rightly and truthfully yeah. in, in this climate and in this culture. And the difference between sort of this up close and personal and a distance that causes you to get duped by the lesser narratives Mm -hmm. is that we are consuming firsthand the word of God, that Mm -hmm. we are communicating firsthand with God through prayer, that we are asking God to help us submit firsthand Mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit in Mm -hmm. our lives. Mm -hmm. And that is the up close and personal. Mm -hmm. So that when we see these lesser narratives, when we see these Mm -hmm. counterfeits or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call them, historical, Mm -hmm. sociopolitical, cultural, evangelical, even generational, Mm -hmm. when we see them, we can call them out because we know up close and personal what God has shown us in his word and what he's spoken to us through prayer. And so that, my friends, like we got to, we got to double down on that. Double down on it. So number one, consuming the truth is essential to resisting and challenging the lesser narrative. Y'all, we had to lean in on that one. Yeah. But the second one is fear can hold us back from knowing the joy that is set before us, the joy set before us. Thinking of John Tubman, her husband, who didn't want her to be free. Hebrews 12, Mm -hmm. 2 says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Harriet understood what it meant um, that when she was when she was called to this ministry of setting captives free physically, 
that it she knew that there would be some some pushback she knew that there would be some disagreement she knew that she was going to have to step out on faith and be obedient to God now here's the narrative I'm not saying like honey go and just like not honor your husband not be on one accord that's not what I'm saying she understood that she loved her husband very deeply but she knew that he was not walking in truth and and one of the things which is very interesting about John is that John was actually a freed slave he was a freed slave and so he would he was like hey listen I'm free I I believe he was born free he was a freeman he he was a freedman Mm -hmm. he was a freedman and so the the fact that he was free but he did not want her to be free is an indictment and an oxymoron within itself and some of that could be that could be his love for her knowing where they were knowing what it would have cost it could be tons of things we we don't know his heart and his mind and posture towards that but what we do know and it what we do know is that Harriet had a call and her call was to be obedient to the Lord and even as she went back because in her second trip when she went back she went back to go get her husband and bring him with her and he then had been remarried he remarried and so there was just this this unorthodox situation that transpired but at the core of this was an obedience to the Lord that said listen, I'm going to look to you, Jesus, as the founder and perfecter of my faith. I'm going to look to you for the joy that's set before me. I'm going to look to you. And even in the midst of my fear, I'm going to walk by faith because you are the one who endured the cross. You are the one who who despised um, despised shame. And so Jesus was very familiar with the, the burden and the posture of Harriet Tubman's heart. And so she knew that... Um, that she, she was to walk by faith in this. And so ladies, that's an exhortation to us. Are there, is there fear in your life that is holding you back from knowing the joy that is set before us? And especially mm-hmm. in a culture where um, it, it cultivates complacency. Mm-hmm. Complacency is, is a barrier ground for um, a, a delineation or a lack thereof of spiritual growth. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. You want to know a silent killer, a silent killer in the Christian faith is complacency because it hinders you from spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And so don't don't allow fear in what God is actually inviting you to, to literally endure and experience his joy um, for, for, for his glory. Right, right, right. Yes. And then um, along that same line, this prayer, this trusting in the Lord through prayer mm-hmm. was Harriet's tool of perseverance and steadfastness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, and I prayed to God to make me strong and able to fight. And that's what I've always prayed for ever since. Mm-hmm. Her prayers led her out of these dire circumstances mm-hmm. and brought the Lord's deliverance time mm-hmm. after time after time. She prayed not only yep. for herself, but for others as she would would take these treacherous uh, journeys to deliver them as well. And it takes us to Galatians 6, 9, which mm-hmm. says, and, and let us not grow weary for doing of doing good. Mm-hmm. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And so her steadfastness and her perseverance mm-hmm. came through through this faithful prayer life that she had. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, that um, we know and we believe that Christ doesn't set us free just for our own good, but that he sets us free so that we can point others to the one who sets all free. Come on, come on. She said, God's time is always near. 
She said, he set the North Star in the heavens. He gave me the strength in my limbs. He meant I should be free. Mm. And she knew, again, as we've said over and over again in this podcast, that it's not, it was not just for her own freedom, but she believed in pointing others to not only their physical freedom, mm-hmm. but the one who sets all free. Come on now. Jesus Christ. And so that we know that for freedom, as Galatians 5.1 says, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do mm. not submit again to another yoke of slavery. There is this reminder that... Um, for the freedom that you receive, the ultimate freedom that we receive is the freedom in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so once we have that in our minds and in our hearts, mm-hmm. no physical chains can bind us. Mm-hmm. No circumstances can hold us back. Mm-hmm. And in fact, knowing that freedom can help us to know where God calls us to our physical freedoms That's it. in our everyday lives. That's it. That's that practical theology showing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So listen, ladies, we exhort you this this week to just sort of reflect on these things. If you have an opportunity, um, check out her her biopic. Check check out um, her uh, auto, the autobiography that was written by her. Um, yeah, like um, there's there's tons of resources that you can check out, and we'll um, link those in the show notes. And we just encourage you to consume truth that is essential to resisting and challenging the narr- the lesser narratives. Don't allow fear to hold you back from knowing the joy that's set before you. Prayer, let it be a tool of perseverance and steadfastness in your life. And know that Christ does not set you free just for your good, but he sets you free so that you can point others to the one who sets all people free. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you because indeed you are the one who has set us free. And so we look to you in this, knowing God, that you are our joy, you are our freedom, and you are the one for which we live. Lord, we thank you for the life of Harriet Tubman. We thank you, Father, for her physical strength. We thank you for her steadfastness. We thank you for her 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 faithfulness towards prayer, God. We thank you for her faithfulness towards faith, Lord God. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that as we live faithfully today, God, that we would live um, a life that reflects you and glorifies you. God, that 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 battles the lesser narratives and consumes what is true, that faithfully pursues um, intercessory prayer and seeking you and seeking your face. And then, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, Father, that we would literally pursue faith over our fear because uh, you are our joy. And thank you that you literally call us to walk in freedom, not just for ourselves, but for others to know you. So help us to be faithful in our everyday lives in this way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies. Bye.